Welcome to the mandatory, the first live betting show that we've done, Brian. And it's going to be an exciting one because there's a massive fight coming up. Of course, if you like the content, make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on our social media channels. We're at the mandatory TKO. You can find us on TikTok, Twitter, IG. We'll be pushing all our content there as well. And if you've already been rocking with the show, we do appreciate you. Brian, of course, um, lots to get to, some big fights coming up, but um, which one are you most excited for? Tim Zhu, Brian Mendoza is probably the best fight that we're going to get this weekend. Um, there's a couple fights that we won't be talking about, one of them being uh, Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis, the other one being KSI, Tommy Fury. I mean, we can if y'all want, but we're probably not going to touch that. Um, I didn't care to. Neither does Chantel. If I don't Brian, care, Chantel definitely doesn't care. Brian hit me up. Care. Brian hit me up this morning on the West Coast, like mad early, like six fifteen, and was like, "Yo, by the way, like Tommy Fury in case." I was like, "Listen, you know what? I I forgot it, it was this weekend until now." Michael Benson keeps posting about it. I'm like, "This must be coming up." The Jake Paul fights, I I kind of have grown into. Like, okay, I could kind of get excited for that a little bit, um, just because the cards usually pretty good. Um, like Serrano is usually fighting on the car. <laughs> so it's something to like get excited about. And plus, like, um, I think Jake Paul's gotten better, but not about him. But I think Tommy Fury will be KSI really quickly. Who do you think is going to win that fight? Just in case people are wondering. Tommy Fury, I guess. No. I, like, I don't, I don't, David Hay, I think, picked KSI, but like, I don't, I, as I get older, this is a weird thing to say, but as I get older, and I'm not old, but as I get older, I care less and less about what people think, regardless. So, like, I don't I don't give a shit if people think KSI is winning. I think Tommy Fury is winning the fight. And if KSI wins, I won't care either, because, like, then what? Okay, cool. So KSI is going to fight Jake Paul at some point? Yeah, let's actually do that fight already. Like, that should be the fight to be made if we're talking about this YouTube celebrity shit. That's the fight to make. And we keep dancing around it, dancing around it, like, no, y'all should fight each other. I think they will eventually. I yeah. think they definitely will. I think they're going to build up to it. But let's talk about some fights that uh, boxing fans are really going to be excited for this weekend. Some nerd fights, of course. But, Brian, we want to help the viewers make some money. We want to make some paper as well. So it's time for Money Be Green. Like money, motherfucker. Money be green. Money feel like money. That shit look green to you. It does look green. Actually, I won some money this weekend betting on football, so that's always good. I did not. I did not have a great betting week in football, and I got my ass whooped in fantasy. Thank you, Ramondre Ooh. Stevenson, continuing to be unreliable. Um, don't uh, know the why Patriots I didn't didn't put up nothing. I know why you did because I mean, like, listen, he had a pretty decent. All season. my running backs suck. I have Najee Harris. I have Ramondre Stevenson. I have Damian Pierce. Um, I just picked up Roshan Johnson, so pray for me. And uh, I get Geno Smith back because he was on a bye last week. Although I did pick up <laughs> CJ Stroud, and I don't know who's better. So we'll see what happens. Um, right now, CJ Stroud has been playing really well. Like, yes. really, really well. So that's a good pickup for you. I did not know that you picked Geno. This is not a football podcast, but you love yourself some Geno. So <laughs> um, <laughs> another fight, though, that we should be looking forward to, an exciting boxer. Keyshawn Davis is going to be fighting straight up on the money line. He is a minus 2,000. Take it on, I hear, Albright, a plus 1,000. A very wide spread there. If you take a look at the line, Brian, um, they got Keyshawn Davis as the favorite, as he should be. But how are you betting this fight, and where do you see some value? 
So Keyshawn Davis, I don't know if he has a sort of knockout artist reputation, but I wouldn't call him that. He can finish and he has power. But as we see him start to step into more competitive fights against more worthy competition, I think you're going to see less of the stoppages, especially the early ones. Um, when he fought Anthony Yigit, that was a late stoppage against a guy who had been stopped a couple rounds earlier in multiple other fights. I think that is still his best performance so far. And I think that Nahir Albright, I mean, he has two losses, two decision losses, and this dude is tough. I think this is a very good matchup for Keyshawn Davis, even though I would have preferred Frank Martin because that's been rumored. But doesn't seem like Frank Martin's going to fight anybody interesting right now. Uh, unless it's Javante Davis, in which he will lose that fight. But I think that if Keyshawn Davis is going to get a stoppage here, I think it'll be late. But I actually pick Keyshawn Davis to win this by decision. And I bet it at minus 102 on FanDuel. Right now it's minus 106. And it'll probably scoot a little bit more away from even odds as the week progresses. But... I think Nahir Albright can make it all 10 rounds. And I think while Keyshawn Davis is somebody I expect to be a champion, at the very least a contender within the next year or two, I think I think we're going to see him put away less opponents because the guys he's fighting are tough. Unless, of course, they start to put him in there with guys that he should knock out, which I feel like if he wins this decision... It'll be three out of four wins by decision. That'll be the streak. And then he'll probably get a guy who he should stop in his next fight, who's competitive, but who he should stop in his next fight. That's probably how the matchmaking will go. But I went with Keyshawn Davis by decision at almost even money, which is great because he's a minus 2,000 favorite, and that's how you get value in boxing betting, to be honest. For, you know, not here, Albright, I really think that this is going to be a tough fight for Keyshawn Davis, probably his toughest fight yet. And... I think for Nahir Albright, like I was saying before, been in the ring with a guy like Jermaine Ortiz, uh, looked really good against a guy like Carlos Calderas. So for me, I think he has to keep the fight in the middle of the ring because you don't want Keyshawn Davis to start cutting the ring against him. And I think he's going to give Keyshawn Davis some problems in this fight. Uh, Davis' toughest test, as I mentioned, a lot of people have pegged him to be this knockout artist. I wouldn't say that just yet, but I mean, six of his wins, his nine wins, he's nine and oh, six of them have come by knockout. Um, but I think he has to cut off the ring, get to the body. And Keyshawn Davis, the one thing about him, he loves to destroy high guards. Nahir loves to use the high guard. Um, but I think this one's going to go the distance because I think Nahir is way too tough. Uh, so I'm going to take Davis on points. Funny, last night, Brian, I saw it for minus 118 on FanDuel. And hey, looks like I got all my bars back. Look at that, right? <laughs> I wow. saw that too. I, uh, saw I like that. that. Too. Keep going before uh, it fucks uh, up again. <laughs> a, a live a live stream. It might have just been some construction outside. Um, but last night on Fi FanDuel, the line for Keyshawn Davis on points was a minus one eighteen, and um, looks like we can get it for a minus one hundred two now or minus one hundred six. So it looks like um, that's a little bit better. Um, but I do think uh, Keyshawn Davis wins on points, and I think Nahir Albright is actually um, going to stay very, very close to him in this fight, and he's going to give him some problems. So I think this one is actually going to be a very, very entertaining bout. Final thoughts of this. Do you think we'll be talking about Keyshawn Davis a little bit more after this fight? 
Yeah, I, I think he'll win going away for the most part. But like I said, while you weren't here, Nahir Albright got three rounds off of Jermaine Ortiz. I think he can get one or two off of Keyshawn Davis um, and, you know, hang in there and come away with not a win in terms of the win-loss record, but a win in terms of, hey, he, you know, stood in there against Keyshawn Davis and, you know, perhaps we'll see him again against somebody else because if he was able to hang in with the Jermaine Ortiz, if he's able to hang in with the Keyshawn Davis, we'll see him against another lightweight uh, contender or prospect at some point. Yeah, so, you know, it's really interesting, but uh, there's another guy that's kind of been in the spotlight, but I keep on thinking that he hasn't really fought anybody. I'm talking about Janibek Alim Hanala, who will be fighting as well, straight up on the money line. He's a minus 1250, Brian, against Vincenzo Galtieri. There's a reason for that, who is a plus 630. Brian, how do you see this fight going, and do you have a long breakdown for this one? I don't have a long breakdown for this one, but I do have a breakdown for this one. I thought Vincenzo Gualtieri was going to lose his last fight, and that was for the vacant IBF middleweight title. This is going to be his first fight, my understanding is, away from Germany. So that's going to be interesting to look out for. And uh, Zanebeck, um, while I think he's very good, very skilled, I think you're a little bit higher on him than I am. Yeah. And I think part of the reason I'm not as high on him as some other people is because, one, I want to see him fight somebody at his level. I expected him to put away Denzel Bentley quickly, especially after Felix Cash did it in three rounds. He did not do that. Denzel Bentley did not only last all 12, but won probably four rounds or so uh, against him. And on top of that, the middleweight division, as I often say, I, I, like, I was looking through this, Chantel. Yeah. This, this, is, this is the worst, the worst the middleweight division has been in my lifetime. Because if you look through the champions of the middleweight division from, and my lifetime dates back to 1994, and I probably started watching boxing, what, 97, 98, 99, because I caught the end of the Felix Trinidad run, uh, because I'm Puerto Rican, that's what we did. And you're talking about, well, Trinidad, for one, was a middleweight champion. Bernard Hopkins was a middleweight champion. Oscar De La Hoya, mm -hmm. Jermaine Taylor, Kelly Pavlik, you know, on and on and on. And you go... Through recent years and it's like look at who's at the top of the middleweight division now no disrespect but i think this is the weakest the talent pool has been and i think the division is waiting for someone to go ahead and grab it and nobody truly is so we'll see i, I but ultimately i think i think john beck uh, minus 1250 is 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 a lot on DraftKings. it's minus 1800 which is also a lot and honestly i think that I, I expect kind of a Janabek Denzel Bentley type of performance. I think Janabek is going to win this on points at plus 250. I'm rolling with the decision here. Vincenzo Gualtieri has never been uh, stopped. Um, to my knowledge, hasn't been dropped, but I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've watched all of his other 22 or so fights in Germany throughout his career. I've seen a few, but not every single one. So I don't know if he's been dropped. The box record yeah. will clarify that necessarily, but... I, I think that he can survive this. I think if John Beck gets a stoppage, it's going to be late, around 7 through 12, which last I checked was in that plus 155 or so range or whatever the case may be. But I, I think there's a lot of value on a decision here, and I think it's realistic because I think while John Beck is good and maybe should get him out of there, he's facing a tough opponent. And I think that he needs a, a great performance to assert himself in what I think is a very weak weight class right now. So maybe he does that, but... I think this is a tougher test than people are giving credit for. Yeah, I think we 
when we take a look at Janabek and his career, that fight against Denzel Bentley coming into it, I figured Denzel Bentley would give him some problems, but I didn't know that Janabek wouldn't get the stoppage in that fight. I was like, isn't he supposed to get the stoppage? Isn't that why they kind of put that fight together for him? But then again, he came back. Great performance against the Canadian Stephen Butler. Butler, right? Great performance. And Who should not have gotten a title shot at all. No, but you know what? It was still a great performance, and I don't hate on my fellow Canadian over I'm there. Saying, right? like, that was so, a gross mismatch. I don't very, know how very he much got so. that title shot, but you know. Uh, you know, shout out to Stephen Butler, though. Um, come on the show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Referee listen, didn't protect them well enough in that fight either. They should have stopped that fight. Unnecessary shots. So that's but that's why I thought it was a mismatch. So it is what it is. But for a guy like Janabek, I think he has all the attributes to be very dominant in the ring. And we saw what he did against Stephen Butler, even though despite the fact that it was a mismatch. I actually think this fight is a mismatch uh, because I'll, I've taken a look at Galtieri's fights as well against Falcao. Listen, this guy, he does have skill, but not enough against someone like Janibek. He barely has any head movement. He gets hit a lot. I'll give him the fact that he has a nice straight right. He has a nice left hook, but even then, there's no pop. He has no power and he gets hit a lot. Janibek is going to come and hit him with nasty uppercuts and it's going to be game over because he gets hit in the face all the time. He's not protecting himself and he's kind of flat footed. Um, I feel he's like he's, he's kind of awkward too, though. You don't think, you don't think his awkwardness oh, is going to no, be a he, little bit of a, of an issue for Janibek. I think Janibek is going to be walking him down. And I think that Galtier is going to be getting popped in the face time after time because <laughs> his head movement is borderline terrible against a guy like if Janibek doesn't get a knockout or stoppage in this fight, I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed. And then I'm going to hop off the Janibek train. <laughs> I'm just going to get off of it because he should stop this guy when you just talk about skill set. And it's no disrespect to a guy like Altieri because, uh, listen, like you mentioned, um, you know, in this is his first fight fighting away from Germany, right? So already that's already a big, massive deal for him. Um, and he's going to be on the main event. Like, this is huge for him. And he does have skill. And I said he does have a nice straight right and a nice left hook. Um, but other than that, like, when you talk about skill set, I don't think he stands a chance in this fight. And I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to go alternate betting rounds one through six plus 340 because the way that Galtieri leaves himself exposed, Janibek is going to make him pay. Um, so I'm going to take him to get the knockout plus 340. Lots of value there. Um, Brian's pick, I'm not mad at that. I just, listen, Galtieri, like the, the head movement bothers me. I could even see it being round seven through 12, but the fact that the guy's not protecting himself and getting popped in the face by Falcao that much, I was like, it's game over. Like, I'm watching the highlights last night, right? I'm like, I'm not going to take any notes for this. <laughs> That's how I prepare. I'm, I'm, not taking, I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to watch his highlights again and check it out. And I'm just like, it doesn't stand a chance, man. And if, if Janibek does not knock him out and it's like a Stephen Butler performance, which you kind of foreshadowed it could be, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, like, it, it's I'm, almost like it's almost like what we're basically telling the people. What we're telling y'all is this is either going to be a Stephen Butler Janabek performance or a Denzel Bentley Janabek performance <laughs> with little room for in between. It's either going to be a quick knockout where he proved yeah. that he's you know uh, the boogeyman, so to speak, in the division, uh, or it's kind of like, hey, he um, didn't put away 
Vincenzo Walteri, which, you know, and, and I'll, I'll say this too, as far as like unification bouts, because this is a unification bout, we should mention. Yeah. Uh, Janabek has a title and uh, Vincenzo Gualtieri has a title. Not not the most uh, headline popping uh, unification bout this sport could put, that this uh, sport could put forth. Um, but I will be watching. I just, you know, I, I kind of want more from the middleweight division. I want more. I want more from everybody at 160 because this division needs a jolt badly. So if this could become even a fight of the year candidate, which I don't foresee, that would be great. But I think um, we both have this being relatively one-sided, uh, yeah. just with two completely different angles. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going to see who's right. Uh, by the way, if you have any comments on any of these fights, how you're going to be betting, drop them in the chat. We want to hear from you. Uh, I am PK13. You guys are at it early today. I am PK13, a friend of the show. Thank you so much for rocking with us. And uh, let us know how you're going to bet this fight as well. Also, uh, Joseph says, what's up? You know the thing about Joseph? He comes on the show. He only says hi to Brian. And... <laughs> <laughs> every time and he'll be like bye brian he might be your biggest fan so give a shout out to joseph as well thank you for rocking with us and joining us shout this out morning. to joseph thank thank you everybody for watching we just talked about Keyshawn davis and nahir albright and we also just talked about johnny beck alim hanala and vincenzo gualtieri hopefully i got those names uh pronunciations correct um, you know, not the easiest thing to do in this sport, but we have one more fight to discuss. If you missed the conversations on those two fights, you can go back and look and overcome uh, the little bit of Wi-Fi trouble uh, that we had early on, you know, live streams that happen sometimes, but we have one more fight to get into, which I think Chantel is actually the fight of the weekend. Yeah, and it's actually a fight that I think is going a little bit under the radar. It might be because um, it's in Australia. So it might be getting overshadowed. But I also think uh, really quickly, the top rank card is actually pretty solid. Um, I do really, really like the top rank card. But the fight that I'm talking about is Tim Zhu and Brian Mendoza. Uh, Tim Zhu straight up on the money line, a minus 750. Brian Mendoza, a plus 450. And my biggest question to you, Brian Fonseca, so we don't get it twisted. It's not Brian Mendoza over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it a little bit disrespectful to a guy like Mendoza to have – that line, Tim Zhu, minus 750, Brian Mendoza, plus 450, who recently uh, knocked out Sebastian Fundora um, in a fight where he was not slated to win. A lot of people had Fundora winning th that fight going into it. He was supposed to be like the golden child, right? When you take a look <laughs> at how his size and his length, but he fights like he's 5'2". Um, so um, Brian Mendoza walked in, boom, popped him. And now we're talking about a different fight. Um, which, and which we talked about on the show, by the way. We said Sebastian Fundora because he insists on fighting like he's Arturo Gatti instead of Sebastian Fundora. Uh, he, you know, this is why Paul Williams got popped by Sergio Martinez. You know um, what I mean? Yeah. And also, this is a fight uh, that is also happening because, um, let's keep it real, a Charlo brother chose not to fight Tim Zhu. It was Jermel. He decided to, you know what? I would get the bag as well, though. Like, if I'm trying to fight for money at this point in my career, like, Jermel's, what, 33? Rather like, lose to Canelo Alvarez and Tim Zhu. Come on. It's, it, that right now. It, it's a bigger <laughs> Not fight. Not that he so, would lose to Tim Zhu, although I think that would be very competitive. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know who I would take in that fight. Just thinking about it right now. I might lean towards Tim Zhu. But, um, listen, uh, Mel took the money fight, so... Tim Zhu um, fighting Brian Mendoza. Brian, how are you betting, betting this one? And do you think it's disrespectful to line to a guy like Brian Mendoza? I think, so this, this is a similar line 
uh, that for that Sebastian Fundora had um, against Brian Mendoza. And I think it may have been actually a little wire, wider. I think Sebastian Fundora was minus 1,000 and Brian Mendoza was plus 600 at the time we at least talked about it, something along those lines. Um, and I said Sebastian Fundora by decision is safe, but you want to sprinkle on the Brian Mendoza knockout. We both co-signed that and it ended up playing out. Now, in the defense of the odds makers, Brian Mendoza before that knockout was losing basically every round, at least according to the judges. Not sure I agreed with that, but he he was listed as doing so. And he found the opening and cast. I think Tim Zhu is just better than Sebastian Fundora. I think he's a better all-around fighter. I think if this is like the Tony Harrison fight and this is in Australia, then the ring is going to be small. And if that's the case, then Tim Zhu uh, is going to be able to get to Brian Mendoza a little bit early. But I don't think he wants to trade punches with Brian Mendoza liberally in the way that he probably would have with Tony Harrison, who's been knocked out a few times in the past, uh, at least prior to when they fought. So I am actually leaning because of all those things. I'm still leaning Tim Zhu by knockout. But I didn't go by knockout straight up. I'm going with round 7 through 12 because I think Brian Mendoza is very tough, has not been knocked out before. I think if he gets stopped, which I do think he will because, again, I'm expecting there to be a small ring because Tim Zhu mm. and Australia, I've seen some small rings that he fights in. But also Tim Zhu is an excellent body puncher, like excellent body puncher. Um, great pressure fighter. Is smart. He takes chances, but I don't, I don't find him to be – um, horribly irresponsible with the chances he takes, at least so far against competition. I thought Tony Harrison has some success early, but he was able to break him down as the fight went on. I think he can get to Brian Mendoza between round seven through 12 at plus 155 on FanDuel as of this recording. Plus 140, plus 150, I've seen it elsewhere. So you're getting pretty good value there. That's the only knockout that I picked. I'm not saying... It's the only knockout that will happen amongst these three big fights because there's a world where all three of them could be knockouts. There's also a world where all three of them could be decisions. I feel like yeah. method of victory is very close here despite the favorites. I just beat the shit out of my microphone. So I'm going with it's Tim been, Zhu. It's been one hell of a morning for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going Tim Zhu by knockout between rounds 7 through 12. Um, and since this is in Australia, I think it's going to be Sunday. Uh, here on the North American side. So uh, hopefully it doesn't interfere with any football, but we'll see. We'll see how the, the time goes. Cause I'm, I don't even know what the start time is as of, as of right now. I'm definitely going to have a, du I have double screen anyway on Sundays. Like I have triple screen sometimes. So I'll find a way to get it up on the red TV. zones. All you need. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Red zones always on. Um, but you know, sometimes you want to have two games on at the same time as well. If it's a good yeah. one. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. So for this fight, so tail tail of the tape, if anyone's like really wondering, uh, Tim Zhu, 23 and 0, 17 of those wins coming by way of knockout. Brian Mendoza, 22 and 2, 16 of those wins coming by way of knockout. Both of these guys have pop. Uh, some similar fight styles as well. They're both really aggressive. They both really like to come forward. Um, for those two losses for Brian Mendoza, listen, one of them was a unanimous decision win by Jesus Ramos, but that was a fight that, Mendoza took with like 10 days notice, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't even count that one on his record. I'm just like, okay, well, he took that 10 days notice. That just shows to me that he's not afraid to fight anybody. Like going into that fight against Fandora, he was the underdog. Going into this fight, 
a massive underdog as well. He's really, really tough. He's never been stopped before. And I think his best punch, um, which I think he'll be able to land on a guy like Tim Zhu, is actually his left hook. And that's the one with power, right? That's the one that knocked Jason Rosario on his ass. Um, didn't stop him, but that was the left hook. Um, actually, no, it was the uppercut. So yeah, he's got a nice uppercut too. Um, but listen, <laughs> it was the uppercut that got uh, Jason Rosario on the ground. And that was a fight where I think he was an underdog against a guy like Jason Rosario as well. Um, so he's got this underdog mentality, but he's on a three-fight TKO KO streak coming into this one. Um, and the reason why I mentioned that Rosario fight is because Brian Mendoza is also tactical. Like, he'll reel you in and pop you when you don't expect it. And that's exactly what happened into Rosario. He walked into that uppercut. Um, so, you know, the thing about him is he sets traps really well. And I think that's what he's going to try to do to Tim Zhu. But Tim Zhu, um, he's skilled, right? He knows how to cut off the ring. He knows how to throw nasty combos. His uppercut is nasty. He has real pop to him. And um, the one thing is, like, Tim Zhu has been dropped before. <laughs> right that's the one thing so brian mendoza i think he'll be able to land the left hook is because tim zoo he kind of has like a wide stance at times and he kind of lets in left hooks like that's the one punch that he lets in a lot so if brian mendoza is able to land on him and i think he will be um i think it might kind of shake tim zoo a bit but i do have tim zoo winning this one because i think all around he might be a little bit too much for Brian Mendoza near the end. I think it's going to be a war, though. It's going to be back and forth. These guys are going to be coming because Tim Zhu is going to be trying to come forward. And Brian Mendoza is going to be trying to set his traps. And this is going to be an aggressive fight. Both these guys have pop. Both these guys are going to be going at it and throwing bombs. I'm going to love to see uh, the total punches at the end of each round. Um, if there's a way that you can bet on that as well, see what the over under is, how many punches. Price picks might have it, actually. Yeah, and sometimes those those don't come out until closer to the fight. Mm -hmm. Um, but because I think Brian Mendoza is so tough and he's never been stopped before, I'm actually gonna go Tim Zoo by points at plus 182, some value there. It's easy, like I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Zoo got the knockout, but I just think Brian Mendoza is that tough. He's that tough and he's fought very well his last three fights coming into this one in confidence. Going to be fighting in Australia. Um, so I just think it's going to be a very, very good fight. Very entertaining back and forth. And I think Tim Zhu is probably going to be winning on the cards a lot of the time. But I think Brian Mendoza could steal a round or two. And if he's able to land a big one on Tim Zhu, let's see what happens. Because Tim Zhu has been dropped before. Um, so I'm going Tim Zhu by points plus 182. Let's go to Ace three one seven here. Tim Zhu reminds me a little bit of the same style and hype Errol Spence had when he was coming up. That is interesting, Ace, because I was just thinking about this the other day. Yeah. The second fight I ever covered in person, because the first one, as I mentioned, was uh, Santa Cruz Frampton one Barclays Center, July thirtieth, twenty sixteen. Still one of the best cards I've seen live. The second one was August twenty first, Coney Island Amphitheater, and this is right before boxing was dead in New York for about five months because of legal shit. And uh, Errol Spence was the main event who knocked out Leonard Bundu <laughs> on NBC right after the Olympics. And that was like the highest rated PBC fight for a while. It still might be in terms of uh, on like, you know, television, not pay-per-view or whatever the case may be. Um, and that was 
a ridiculous, ridiculously good knockout. Also featured Heather Hardy versus Shelly Vincent the first time. Solid um, fight. Yeah, it was a solid card. Young um, Abraham Nova was on that card, also some good fighters. Let's stay on that for a little topic before we get up and out of here. Uh, by the way, guys, if you guys have any picks of who's going to win these fights, please let us know a couple of uh, technical issues early on for the Keyshawn Davis, not here, Albright fight. Um, but before we get up and out of here, I do want to ask you, so many fights in Australia – but I feel like there was only one in New York, and that was Teofimo Lopez and Josh Taylor. How do you feel about there not being a lot of fights in New York this year? Because we're at the end of the year, and it's like, what's going on? <sighs> there was a rumor about Aris Landilara and Danny Garcia that was supposed to happen at the Barclays. Never happened. Um, and Australia is getting all these massive fights, which is good for them. Because, um, you know, you see the crowd, it's mad, it's mad hype. But it's like, I just, it's weird not to have fights in New York. Like, even we're as a viewer watching at home, I'm like... Is it weird for you? I mean, we're getting fights in New York, but like they ain't at the big venues. We just had one last night. Cletus Selden won at uh, Sony Hall, promoted by uh, Larry Goldberg. So that's I'm talking about like the block the the blockbuster fights, though. But like this, for this example, is what I'm saying. Right? It's like look at the fights coming up in New York: Paramount Theater, Edison Ballroom, Melrose Ballroom. We got the MSG Theater, but that's on a Thursday. And that's going to be on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, Tom Loeffler is actually behind that, and that's not a big fight. And it's like Brian Savalo's on that card. That's interesting. But there's nothing, nothing from MSG Barclays Center. We have not had a fight at the Barclays Center since October of 2022. That was Deontay Wilder, Robert Hellenius knockout. Um, when Barclays Center would have several fights in a year, and this is like this isn't the episode for me to go off on this but it's bad like it's so bad right now we're not developing fighters here um richardson hitchens had his main event against uh jose zapeta and that was in orlando that should have been in new york that should have been at least at the msg theater if not maybe the barclay center but the barclay center tends to only do pbc fights i just i don't know i don't know what the fuck is going on but we're not getting big fights in New York. Um, otherwise, I'd be at a lot more shit. I've been at more press conferences than I've been at actual fights this year. Because they, they do the tour and they have to bring people to New York. And little Charlo's in New York. Tank Ryan, they're in New York. Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, they're in New York. But in terms of fight cards I've done in person, Justin Teofimo Lopez won and Edgar Berlanga. That's really it. Yeah, you know what? Um, hopefully there's some more fights so Brian can attend those fights as well. Uh, we'll definitely try to get you some more contact. Before we get up and out of here, we got to go to a, a friend of the show, IMPK13. Did you guys see that Bomac got out of jail on a suspended sentence? We did. Um, we messaged each other right away, and um, I'm pretty sure we did. I remember yeah. seeing that and being like, okay, well, I'm happy for Bomac because I was a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, kind of shook my head at the situation because I'm like, but I'm yeah. happy that Bomac is free. You don't want to get arrested. You definitely don't want to get arrested overseas. Uh, so look, Bomac is is back um, for the time being. So all is well, seemingly. Janibek is the boogeyman at 160. We're gonna find out. We'll see. We're gonna find out. He better so, get the listen, knockout. Listen, listen. Somebody has to be the boogeyman in this fucking division. I don't like. Am, am I bugging chat? Because I just I don't think. I don't think this weight class has got it right now. I don't think middleweight is strong at all. I think somebody needs to come through and just dominate everybody. Because the champions of middleweight right now are basically Vincenzo Gualtieri, Janibek, uh, Jamal Charlo, Adamas, 
You know what I mean? I'm missing somebody, but does it even matter at this point? Gennady Golovkin had two titles and vacated both of them. I think Arislandi Lara has a title right now, middleweight, because I don't, the super champs, interim, regular, yeah. whatever. I don't know what the fuck is going on in the sport anymore. Uh, man, someone had middleweight division is not great. I might argue that Arislandi Lara beats all these guys, even now. I like Laura a lot. I, I wish we would have got that Danny Garcia fight. Um, I was going to say, though, I saw this tweet. This is totally off topic. And uh, now that we're done betting, there is a picture of, like, Triple G. And he was just wearing a jacket in the store. And someone's like, just give up the belts, man. <laughs> because he's not doing anything, right? This division is just, uh, yeah, it's not the most exciting. But hopefully, Janabek gets the knockout uh, this weekend. Um, you know, has a statement victory. Brian and I on opposite ends there. Uh, but if you've been rocking with the show, thank you so much. If you like the content, hit that like and subscribe button. Also follow us on our social media channels. We're at the Mandatory TKO. We'll be back with some more boxing content next week. Uh, but until then, that enjoy. Catarol, Jorge Linares. Sleeper fight. Sleeper week. fight. Jorge mm -hmm. Linares might give him some problems. Is Jack Catterall overrated? We're going to get into all of that. <laughs> Those are just some some conversations that Brian and I have uh, when, we, when we're not live on the show. Uh, but thank you so much for rocking with us. We'll be back next week. And until then, enjoy our predictions. And if you're going to be betting on the fights, drop your slips. We want to see how much you're winning. If you made a different bet than us, if you want to get on us for a bad pick, if we made a bad pick, let us know. Uh, it's all fun and games. Brian, before we get up and out of here, any final thoughts? Enjoy the fights this weekend and don't bet too much money that you're uh, unwilling to part with.